Boom! Welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I'm your host. No, I'm not Blockchain John. He's Blockchain John. I'm Jake Taylor really. <laughs> With my co-host and typically host, Blockchain John. I don't know why I thought I was going to be saying you. Why, was, why would I say you? That doesn't make any sense. Anyways. <laughs> Trust it's, me. It's I the Western I, Dad. You were screwing me up, dude. You were totally screwing me I, up. <laughs> I think I've done that a time or two where I said the same thing. I was like, hey, everybody, you know, this is... Uh, uh, your host, Jake Jagarelli. Like, Wait a minute, hold on. What? Oh, he's Jake Jagarelli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So welcome everyone back to this crazy opening that ended up being crazier than I was expecting it to be. We got a lot of new, a lot of interesting news today, and let's just start off with. Uh, I should start with the coin tree here instead of coin, starting with the job of the, the job of the hut, job of the day. Um, so yeah. If you'd like to support us, and we would really appreciate it if you would, if you like our content, you can always like us on YouTube. That's one way of doing it. But you can contribute through all the various cryptocurrency um, methodologies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, Raven, Bat, Litecoin, Flux. Yes, I'm scrolling through them. Uh, USDC, GUSD, Dogecoin, SNX, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can find it all in our Cointree. Cointree is like Linktree, but for people who are into crypto, you should totally get one for yourself. They're completely free. So... Let's, uh, how you, I announced this one. I didn't even ask what's going on with your life there, John. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing's it's going just on. It's been hectic at work. That's about it, man. You know, yeah. I wish I can live in the crypto space forever, live in the metaverse. You guys want to listen in our pre show before we get our podcast started? You can always listen in around 8 o'clock on Wednesdays right. and about, well, it's yeah. about the same time on, on, on Sundays. You can actually listen to us banter and talk BS before we start recording the show. So, and it's a bunch of goofy goofness. Yes, goofy goofness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, alrighty. So, we always try to do it with the uh, job of the job of the day. If you can all find, if you check out Cryptocurrency Chat's Discord channel, that's where we get all the stuff. We have a section called Crypto Careers, which posts like 12 to 15 careers daily from Crypto Careers on Twitter. So if you guys are looking for something in the biz, it's a great way to find it. Just, you know, come check out our Discord, and then you can find these great careers. And people are looking for jobs right now. John was just talking to me about this just before we got on the show, about all the people who are leaving his company. That's because they found better jobs in crypto. Why aren't you doing that, John? Oh, wait, that's because you have a podcast. Never mind. <laughs> so yeah. uh, Mythical Games has an IP brand artist relationship manager job that they're promoting here. I'm going to read their little description. We, that's them, are Mythical Games, a venture-backed next-generation game technology company at the intersection of video games and economics led by industry veterans, people who know what they're talking about when it comes to crypto and gaming. Our goal is to lead the industry with the launch of exceptional video game experiences that leverage distributed ledger technology, that is, blockchain, while also providing a platform of robust tools that will allow all, any other game developers to do the same. We are currently looking for an IP brand and artist partner manager to join our growing business development team. This position will report to our senior director of business development and will be responsible for leading, driving, and providing support on all IP brand and art artist partner management related matters. Such key responsibilities, I'm not going to read them all here, but work with the internal mythical skate stakeholders, not skateboarders, <laughs> to identify, contact, and vet IP brands and artists uh, critical to turning internal initiatives into success. 
foster partnerships, relationship, partner relationships in order to secure partner resources, fight for improved business terms, and make mythical requirements, that's the company, marketing, support, etc., a priority. And then lastly, drive multiple initiatives simultaneously because you're a good worker. And they have their certain requirements, uh, basically three, year, three plus years of product management and uh, knowledge of gaming industry. And some nice-to-haves would be you know what IPs, brands, and artists are. <laughs> so if you're looking for an IP brand, artist, relationship manager position or something like that with a company that's crypto and gaming, check out Mythical Games on our Discord channel. Also, John, you want to tell them what the quote of the day is? The quote of the day, absolutely. So once again, you guys can head over to Discord and check out the quote of the day. We do have it over at the C3 Media General. The Today's quote of the day for episode number 412 is... There have been times throughout American history where what is right is not the same as what is legal. Sometimes, to do the right thing, you have to break the law. Said by Edward Snowden. Quintessential to Edward Snowden, because what is he in trouble for? Doing the right thing. (laughs) So, the reason we picked this out, we're talking about this off-air, or behind the scenes, should I say, um, is there's actual nations around the globe that actually do ban crypto particularly bitcoin and uh one of them was actually let me i forgot which one was do you remember it was like egypt uh nigeria uh, oh Qatar was one tunisia was another one yeah so well 11 different countries that have completely banned crypto there it is algeria bangladesh china egypt iraq morocco nepal Qatar, and tunisia Mm -hmm. that's the that's nine countries as of right now um, and that's always flipping back and forth. That was this was last documented in uh, January twenty first, two thousand twenty two, and that can change on on the monthly. No joke, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, well, now that we've gotten, you've checked out our Discord, and we checked out the coin tree, and we checked out the job of the day. Let's move on to the news. All right, then. Over here, too, we're going to be using from Decrypt and from Crypto Potato more heavily on Decrypt. Seems to be better news over there. So the first piece of news is NBA player Spencer Dinwiddie. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Some sports person is going to crucify me on Twitter. <laughs> Anyways, uh, his crypto app, Galaxy, that's C-A-L-A-X-Y instead of Galaxy, raises $26 million. Spencer Dinwiddie's Galaxy, a social token platform built on Hedera Hashgraph, which you guys can find out more information about on our Discord, has closed a $26 million funding round and appointed a new CEO. The strategic fund round was co-led by the HBAR, that's Hedera Foundation, which welcomed console gaming giant Ubisoft, wow, isn't that amazing, Ubisoft, to its ecosystem in February, and Animoca Brands, which recently acquired three game studios to its quest to dominate the Web3 gaming space. Look out, Mythical Games. <laughs> Polygon, which has become a destination for apps leaving the Terra network, also participated in the round. So I'm not going to go through all this. You guys can check out this article, but I just wanted to kind of make this point that we're seeing uh, Galaxy get in, in bed with, well, not technically in bed with, but working with Hedera. And Hedera, if you guys don't already know, is extraordinarily fast and can, was it 10 million transactions a second, I think it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, just an utterly ridiculous number of transactions 10, really to compete yeah. with, is it 10,000? Okay, well, it's still 10, a lot 000. more than Ethereum. Um, it's built to compete with things like 
uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum. It can do a great deal more transactions in a short period of time than we've been relying on. Of course, in that sense, you're also not having to worry about um, not just the time, but cost. Hedera is relatively inexpensive to make transactions. So if you're going to move something on Hedera, it's going to happen faster than you can think. So it's it's awesome to see uh, them working with Galaxy. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a couple of interviews here on the podcast with uh, some folks from Hedera. And uh, one of them was actually... Um, the one of the one of the uh, I guess developers from Galaxy. I forgot his name though. I apologize. It was a while back. It was over a year ago. I have to look back into that. But yeah, yeah. We've had we've had a, a conversation about uh, Adara, and uh, we'll probably have the gentleman back on and talk about Galaxy a little more since it's been growing and growing so rapidly. So stay tuned for that. Yep. Well, let's talk about another famous person. Yep. Okay. So this one's written by Andrew Hayward on uh, Decrypt.co. Anthony Hopkins adopts Ethereum name. Ask Snoop Dogg what NFT to buy. So in brief, Anthony Hopkins publicly asked Jimmy Fallon, Snoop Dogg, Reese Weatherspoon for shopping advice. Actor was an, was an early Web3 adopter, releasing zero contracts last year uh, via NFT film platform Vulu? Velo? Vuele. Vuele? Vuele. Oh, Vuele. Fly. Yep. That's a Spanish word. Fly. Mm-hmm. Okay. A- actor Anthony Hopkins was one of the first major Hollywood stars to get into NFT film space. The storied uh, thespian now appears ready to deep dive deeper into the NFT world, sharing his Ethereum name service. Name asking, uh, name and asking fellow celebrities for art pics. Today, the Oscar winning The Silence of the Lambs thespian changed his Twitter display to ahopkins.eth, an an ENS name that points to a crypto wallet. It's a common move for people in the NFT and crypto world adopted by other public figures who are in the space, like comedian and TV host Jimmy Fallon. Yep. Okay, so he's he's in it, dude. He's he's been in it since the beginning. Um, Anthony Hopkins is not a uh, a stranger to crypto. He's just taking the next step into crypto, which is nice, man. It's it's nice to see an OG like this just just bringing more more awareness about crypto. Yeah. Uh, not being afraid have, of it. It's great to see a, yeah. a guy who's what in his in his eighties now. Yeah, uh, it's just completely on board with this new thing. Now, somebody must have explained it to him. Either that or he's already into the idea in the first place. But it's rare. It's really honestly rare to see people who are really on board with a, with a concept who are, I know, up there. And you'd think the older you get, the wiser you get, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so here's, here's something at the bottom. Hopkins' first project, Zero Contract, was released last year via Vuele a platform that releases film projects in the form of NFTs. Vuele bundles films with additional behind-the-scenes content, along with exclusive interactive opportunities such as Q&A sessions. Notable filmmakers such as Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino have also made uh, moves in the NFT space. So there you go. Now, finally, there's there's an article here, because remember I told you, I asked you this before, where can you get these NFT movies from? Now I know. I can go to Vuele and find that. I'm actually going to go check that out right now while you talk about the next episode, or the next uh, news news article. Yeah, moving so there you on. Go. We've got some SEC news, which is actually really important. It's Most of our thumbnails seem to reflect more of a attitude of famous faces like Elon Musk and Trump, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, the background behind whether or not crypto is here to stay and not going to be kind of rug-pulled by our government <laughs> is um, how the government treats it. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that kind of news now. Uh, by Ryan Ozawa, 
on Decrypt. SEC targets Binance or BNB ICO for potential violations. Hmm. You know, that doesn't sound good. Doesn't bode well. The initial coin offering that served as a cornerstone to the launch of Binance Cryptocurrency Exchange in 2017, a whopping five years ago. Does it seem that long? It seems like that. It has, it seemed like it's been 20 years because of COVID, right? <laughs> Is getting a fresh look from federal regulators. Uh-oh. According to anonymous sources cited in a Bloomberg report today by Tom Schoenberg and the colleagues, and, probably, and colleagues, the SEC, or Securities and Exchange Commission, is revisiting the origins of the exchange Binance Coin BNB for potential violations of securities and uh, regulations because, you know, screw you. <laughs> Binance Coin. Um, since the launch in 2017, Binance has become far and away the largest cryptocurrency exchange on the market by trading volume. And, of course, CZ has no qualms about touting that fact. Uh, news of the federal regulatory probe comes just as Reuters released the results of an unrelated investigation in the news service claims that at least $2.35 billion in illicit funds have been laundered through Binance between 2017 and 2021. I, I, I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, it's entirely possible, but maybe it didn't happen. Who knows? It's unclear, although... Interestingly enough, Binance isn't just in the U.S., it's all over the place, so who's to say it was only laundered through the U.S.? Uh, what prompted the latest look back by the SEC, but BNB is clearly currently the fifth largest currency because, well, Terra died. According to CoinMarketCap, lo logging a total market cap of nearly $50 billion, 24-hour trading volume, $1.4 billion as of this writing. At the heart of the case, the SEC's regulatory authority over investment contracts and whether digital currencies qualifies as such, particularly if they are sold to investors as a way to fund a company with the promise of profiting from the company's efforts. BNB was created in July of 2017 as an ERC-20 token on the back of Ethereum before shifting to an entirely separate Binance chain. The initial coin offering of 100 million tokens, 100 million, sorry, I'm not going to go into that, at 15 cents per token, raised $15 million. Now the native currency of the Binance crypto exchange BNB can be traded directly, used to make purchases and payments, and pay a discounted rate on Binance transaction fees. So it's, it's really... Okay, so here's the thing. Go ahead. Here's the thing. If they, if they get dinged, which they probably will, yeah. uh, it's it just... My thing is ding them, find them, only based off of this $15 million um, uh, ICO race. That's it. Leave it at that. They're going to pay it off. It's not a big deal. They'll move along because they're worth a lot more than that now. Yep. Um, they're not going to shut them down, obviously, because you can't shut them down. Um, what, what annoys me is that technically, technically, Ethereum is also an ICO. How do I know that? Because I got into the Ethereum ICO. If the SEC is going to be binging, uh, dinging Binance, on, on, right. on, on Binance, then they better get on Ethereum as well. Yep. So I support Binance more than I do Ethereum. So I'm going to be on the Binance side. Um, they, they did what, what they can to try to do things the right way. Um, if they're going to ding them, okay, ding them uh, based off the 50 yeah, million. Don't, don't just, yeah, don't just ding one because million. suddenly, you know, it's like, it almost feels like this is a, a, um, a spiteful action by someone. Someone's like, hey, did you guys check out that over there? And it's like, no, we didn't. Vitalik, oh, look, Vitalik, oh, yeah. oh, look at that fifteen million dollars they made. And it's like wouldn't be surprised if Vitalik and Gary were were, were uh, in bed together, whispering yeah. good nothings to each other, like a yeah. finance. 
Yeah, check out those guys over there, but don't look over here what we're doing. It's like, dude. Yeah, I think I think I think Vitalik's just he's still he's still a little little insulted that he's no longer in the billionaires club. <laughs> Slap himself. Uh, just don't go to prove a stake and you can stay. Uh, I can't convince the man. He's right. he's he's yeah. too lost. I'm sorry. Let's move on to the next SEC. All right. Next article. one. This one's from Crypto Potato, uh, written by Andrew Thorvalis. SEC chairman believes Bitcoin and Ethereum are commodities, according to Senator. Senator Kristen Gillibrand, co-author of the landmark crypto regulation bill revealed yesterday, claims that both the SEC and CFTC chairmen agree on Bitcoin and Ether's status as commodities. However, both she and Senator Cynthia Loomis also agree that most other cryptocurrencies are securities. Senator Gillibrand and Loomis discussed their bill with Washington Post Live on Thursday. They broke down their criteria for defining a digital asset as a commodity security or the newly introduced ancillary asset. What? What is that? As Loomis explained, ancillary ancillary assets could include non-fungible tokens or digital assets that are not either stores of value or means of payment. Exactly. Security. There it is. Securities, on the other hand, would be defined using criteria established by the Howey test in the 1930s. With further specifications, tokens considered securities could include those that confer voting rights, uh, dividend payments, or profit slash revenue shares on their holders, among other things. Brand said that their bill would empower both the SEC and CFTC to govern the crypto market, while the SEC would likely be responsible for overseeing most cryptos. The lion's share of the crypto market would fall under the CFTC, including Bitcoin and Ethereum. Here is a quote from Gillibrand. If you're like Bitcoin and creating a proof-of-work or a proof-of-stake type of token, you may well be a commodity. Honestly, that quote sounds like she has no idea what she's talking about. No, I, th- I think it's it's accurate. I mean, it, it, rather it be a commodity than a security because like stocks that are commodities, you don't have to worry about um, it you know, being charged when you operate on it. So it's kind of just sep- setting it aside, whereas a security like USDT does need to be because it's a store of value. You know, mm. it, it, the problem with a, a stock and the reason you aren't taxed on it is because you can't be taxed on a value that, that you haven't exercised, right? Now, the biggest difference herein is that a a thing that you can use to actually do something with it. So, like, with Bitcoin, you could technically make Bitcoin do something other than just be a currency. Ethereum clearly can make it do other things than just be a currency. But it's it's more of a factor of... When it's in their value, it's not stable, right? The U.S. dollar is considered to be stable. Well, so are stable coins. So at that point, you can actually store money and use it to buy things with. But with Bitcoin, and I'm not saying you can't buy stuff with Bitcoin, you can certainly trade stocks for value. But once you do, you're exercising it as a valued thing. Before that, you don't really know if it has value. So it's like with the example of Elon Musk saying he was going to trade a certain portion of his Tesla stock in exchange to against other people's purchase so he could buy Twitter. And you're saying that, you know, it's it's kind of saying it has value and at the same time it's saying it doesn't. But because we don't really know what the value is until you exercise it, it technically has no value. So how do you get taxed on something that has no value? So right, let me continue with these last couple paragraphs here at the bottom. Meanwhile, the three senators that are known to own Bitcoin personally, Pat Toomey, Cynthia Loomis and Ted Cruz are all Republicans. The same pattern has emerged with the SAC itself. Democrats, members like Chairman Gary Ginsler, have frequently frequently leaned towards more cautious market protection, while the Republican crypto mom Hester Pierce wishes to approve a Bitcoin spot ETF. 
As a Democrat, Kristen Gillibrand argues that the progressives can find more to love in crypto by recognizing their abilities to democratize financial access. She also claims cryptocurrencies can support immigrant communities by allowing for instant and cheap remittance payments. Yeah, oh, yeah. leave it at that. All right, moving on to more political news, but something that I think is very important. This is all from Decrypt on Jeff John Roberts wrote this article. Senate bill would end the Security and Exchange Commission's oversight of most crypto. Create a $200, not $200 million, $200 tax exemption. So it's like if you're not hardly trading anything, eh, it doesn't mean anything. It's like if you in the U.S., if you don't make more than $10,000, you don't pay taxes. Security and Exchange Commission would lose its authority to regulate a broad swath of the crypto market, including the 200 most valuable cryptocurrencies under a bipartisan bill. That's bipartisan. Both sides support it. Unveiled on Tuesday by Senator Cynthia Loomis, who we just spoke about, and Kirsten Gillibrand. Now, one is a Republican, one's a Democrat. The proposed bill, titled the Responsible Financial Innovation Act, is the most comprehensive piece of leg crypto legislation proposed to date and introduces a raft, that is, large section, of other significant measures, including a provision that eliminates the obligation to report crypto gains of less than $200 to the IRS. I think that's good because it's. Okay, I was about, I was about to I was about to ask you that would you would you approve or or reject this bill? I, I would definitely approve it, but I would actually like them to increase it from two hundred to a thousand. But eh. yeah, two hundred, um, oh, two thousand. It's like twenty thousand. It's, it's like uh, right now, most police officers will not consider uh, will not even help you recover a value of less than a thousand dollars because it's not considered grand theft. So mm -hmm. if you lose five hundred bucks or eight hundred bucks, eh, you've lost it forever. You should have protected it better because they ain't gonna help you. I think the same thing goes yeah. with the government. Um, and it just has to do mostly with inflation and the fact that the value of the dollar has gone down so much. The bill stands almost no chance of passing in the current Congress. <laughs> <laughs> but it is oh, expected to gain momentum. And, of course, Bruce Fenton will probably be voting for it if he ever gets a Senate seat. In uh, 2023, following the November midterm elections to frame the contours of future crypto policy. So it's a start. It's just what the whole point of... Yeah doing this is we need to get some people's Somebody eyes on it talking so about it yep, yep, yep. thinking and talking about it exactly proposed yep. language to end the sec's jurisdiction over over much of the crypto industry is one of the most significant provisions in the bill and comes after years of complaints about the lack of clarity as to whether a digital token like ethereum <clears throat> is a security a designation that would require the token to be registered with the sec in place of the sec the bill uh, in place yeah the sec the bill proposed to grant authority over many tokens to another agency, that's the CFTC, or Commodities Future Trading Commission, which oversees commodity trading. In a summary of the bill circulated by the senators, Loomis and Gillibrand explains that it, gar it grants the CFTC exclusive spot market jurisdiction over all fungible digital assets, which are not securities, including ancillary a assets. And, of course, the definition we read in the previous article about what ancillary assets are. Um, anyways, I'm not going to go over the entire article, which is quite lengthy, um, but this is something it kind of like, I don't want to say this, but sometimes people do an act or take an action just to get recognition, just to get their name out there. So people are like, oh yeah, you're that one guy or that one girl who did that thing. And then they'll remember you next time when you bring it up again, because you've already talked about mm -hmm. it once. So this is so just, this is, this is crypto mom. We're talking about, uh, Cynthia Loomis. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, a uh, it's a start and it needs to be started. Because crypto is not going away, even if they are in the middle of crypto winter right now. 
Um, it's still not going away. The one thing we, if we, if we know anything about crypto, it's that it, what does it do? It goes, the value goes up and down and up and down and up and down. Just well, there's going to be a lot of people uh, kind of debating this issue. And it's one of those things that uh, the debate is going to be that why are you putting laws and regulations and supporting laws and regulations on crypto? There should be no such thing. Government should not be involved. The reality is it's going to happen whether we like it or not. Now, we just got to decide which side we're going to vote on. Are we going to uh, are we going to prove it or, or reject these votes? Yeah. And we got to start putting, you know, putting some some thought into this and start putting uh, sending out letters to these uh, I, um, senators. I liked what was so, done in 2018. And I liked if they just kept it that way. I think it would have been fine. I, th I think stable coins, if people are going to make stable coins. They need to be regulated, in my opinion. That's just my opinion about it. Um, but uh, because we've already seen what happens when you don't back your, st your stable coin. <laughs> And and if Bruce Fenton becomes senator, support him as well. They're they're pro crypto. All right. So the last article here, if we get out of here in half an hour, like we're hoping to, revolves okay, Litecoin. Yep. So this one's written by Andre Beng Bengatsky. Yep. Crypto exchange delists Litecoin over privacy feature concerns. Now, here's a good one. Now, if you guys don't recall, we're gonna refresh your mind. Not too long ago, Litecoin has fully activated Mimblewimble on their uh, on their layer one um, protocol. So let's go ahead and see what's going on here. Litecoin will be delisted on BitThumb and UpBit, two South Korean crypto exchanges, over modifications made to the coin that enables greater privacy when conducting transactions. In their notice regarding Litecoin, BitThumb and UpBit stated they were shutting down market support for the 20th largest cryptocurrency by market capitalization because its newly activated Mimblewimble extension blocks network upgrade conflicts with South Korean anti-money laundering regulations. Upbit pointed to an option in trading Litecoin that enables users to not expose transaction information, raising concerns that anonymous transmission technology will likely be added to Coin's functionality. Uh, market support for Litecoin using Upbit will be shutting down on June 20th, and users will be given a month after that to withdraw their funds from the exchange by July 20th. BitThumb is taking quicker action in delisting notice. The exchange emphasized its responsibility to protect its users and to construct a transparent digital asset market. It will prevent users from depositing Litecoin on June 8th and give them until July 25th to fully withdraw their Litecoin from the exchange. The U.S. Litecoin is available in most major cryptocurrencies exchanges, including Coinbase, FTX US, Binance US. It was also one of the first cryptocurrencies to be made available for purchase through Robinhood back in 2018, but the move by South Korean exchanges could cast the coin's future into doubt. So there you go. So it, this was expected to happen. It is what it is. Uh, but the thing is, we have so much more out of out of Litecoin. So it's it's just it's not. I'm not worried about it. Litecoin no. is a beautiful piece of coin, right there. Piece of technology. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm great. I'm grateful that they're doing this. I'm I'm hoping to see more coins do it. Obviously, it wouldn't be just something like Monero or Avian or Raptorium who are doing these kinds of protective services for their coins. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I would like to see more of is, well, well less of in a sense. <clears throat> I like to see less centralized exchanges. I want to see more decentralized exchanges that are completely government governed only by the protocols and not by people. Of course, people can host the websites, but the exchanges are not hosted in, I mean, yes, you are exposing yourself to potential loss by exchanging with another person who might be nefarious, but the point is it, there's no KYC on these things. And that's exactly what this new Mimblewimble thing is doing. It's like, hey, you want to trade money with someone else without having the government see what you're doing? You're free to do that. Or without having anybody see what you're doing. You're free to do that. Now, mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. is it possible that money laundering could be going on in that? 
Absolutely. But we already know, and I, even though I know people keep talking about how um, BitMEX was persecuted for not doing you know, any money laundering um, practices on their site, but you know, in case you guys forgot, uh, BitMEX is not based in the U.S. They can do whatever they want in the country in which they're based. And just because a lot of um, U.S. citizens used BitMEX, and of course BitMEX tried to prevent people that were in the U.S. from getting on there, but it's the same thing as the Great Firewall of China. China doesn't want people using the internet and finding out what's going on in their country, but they have VPN service still. So people were VPNing from the U.S. into the Seychelles in order to trade on BitMEX. People are going to do what people want to do. Now, if they're doing something illegal, you're going to find out about it, whether it's through Bitcoin or not, or through some mm -hmm. kind of cryptocurrency or not. But to me, it, it should be in another format. You know, it's like, just because you want to know what's happening over there doesn't mean you get to. The U.S. government wants to know what's going on in every other country. They don't get to. Just because you want something doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get it. So I just think that the overreach of the U.S. is a little too much in some cases. I'm still not, I swear I'm not a libertarian, but <laughs> I just don't right, well, like the government knowing how much money I have. Where are we at with time? We're good? I got about a minute or half a minute left. All right. So just really quick, you guys can, I just opened up the link here to voila.io. That's where you guys can get the uh, zero contract film for either $25 or the exclusive edition for $59, which gets you behind the scene features. So there you go. Check it out, voila.io. Voila. Your movie Fly. That's the reason right. their logo looks like a bird kind of thing. With yeah. The V there. So yeah, you can actually mm. buy uh, buy NFT full the, release. The thing that's the okay. thing that's interesting about this is that I'm looking at I read read a little bit of it and it looks like you could only you can't sell it on the open market. You have to use their marketplace. So right. that's right. kind of odd. Well, I mean, they got to be some kind of methodology. Anyways, check that out. Check out our Discord or check out our Coin Tree if you want to help us out. We'd appreciate it. And we'll catch you in the next one on Sunday. Uh, that's Father's Day, also Juneteenth in the United States. So, uh, without further ado, let's say the outro. Stack sats and hodl, everyone. Adios. Adios.